Thanks for joining us today as you listen to a portion of a message recorded at Vine Life Church in Boulder, Colorado. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can visit us online at www.vinelife.com. Lord is good. I'm really happy to have in our service today my sister and her husband, my brother-in-law from Indiana. I would uh, point out right down here. And I would point out she's my younger sister. My, she wants me to say my much younger sister. She's a good sister, and I have a good brother-in-law. The Lord has blessed me. I tell you, uh, I, after first service, three people came running up to me telling me about three testimonies of healing. Three testimonies of healing. After first service, you know, her, I think one was Wednesday night this, uh, in the prayer room, in a healing room. Uh, uh, someone, a lady said that she, her back was straightened. And then, and then uh, I know one, I talked to her directly on the way out. And she was just as happy as she could be. She said she hurt her arm terribly this week and had it wrapped. It was in a lot of pain, and she decided if the pain was still there, she's going to get prayer after the service. She came up and got prayer after the service. She said it was unwrapped. She said the pain's all gone. It's all gone. And then, and then I had a lady tell me that in the first service during the message, the Lord went back deeply in her, a place of pain in her heart from the past. And, and the Lord just moved that thing. Yes. She just felt it. She felt the Lord. She was happy. I mean, she smiles like, the Lord just did something deep in my heart today. Uh, Jesus preached in different environments. He preached in environments that were hostile. Uh, uh, environments, you know, where they were kind of clueless. They didn't have a clue what he's saying. Uh, uh, environments where they were apathetic. And then there were environments when they were open and just... They wanted to receive. That's the environment that the Lord has given us here at Vine Life, right? Is to receive. This week I've been praying, this is my prayer, is that the Word of God will burn in our hearts. To change us. To set us free. (laughs) To heal us. And... uh, I, I think that's why you're here. So would you agree with me, Lord? We're opening our hearts right now to you, not to, not to a strange voice, not to the voice of darkness. We don't have to fear that because we're asking to open our hearts to you and the witness of the Holy Spirit of God and that you would burn your word in us and it would transform us. Let your word, the power of your word and the power of the Holy Spirit come together and release a power of transformation. We ask in Jesus' name. Now I share, amen. I shared those testimonies of healing is because I have a strong witness. The Lord wants to heal at the end of this message. I'm going to teach this morning. Now as I teach, that means I'm going to go through a lot of scripture. And that means, you know, please stay with it. Because when I get done, that's when I'm going to release an impartation. When I get done, uh, so don't don't get um, um, discouraged. I will get to the end. 
Okay. John chapter 11. This, you've all, I, probably everybody here has heard the story of Lazarus being raised from the dead, right? What I want to share today is this story is you can listen to this story and get there's three levels that I want to identify and the lowest level is Lazarus being raised from the dead that's the lowest level there are two levels that are higher than a man being raised from the dead I always thought that was it that's the ultimate a guy being raised from the dead that sounds pretty good to me how about you but but in this story there's there's two levels that are higher that as you listen, as we go through the scripture, I think you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. And when we get this highest level, it will break unbelief in our heart and it will loose the Spirit of the Lord for, for the manifestation of the Spirit to bring healing and freedom and blessing. I tell you, the Lord loves you so much. He loves you so much. He wants to do something today. Okay. John chapter 11. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, in the village of Mary and her sister Martha. And it was the Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. The sisters therefore sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. I just want to stop there and point out that's a good way to approach the Lord when you have a problem. Lord, here I am, whom you love. Remember me? Here's Walt, the one you love. Just put your name in there. Remind yourself when you pray, remind yourself you're loved. The enemy talks to you all the time to tell you you're unworthy of being loved. I mean, you hear plenty of that, right? You live with people who tell you you're not worthy of being loved. They don't mean it. It just That's just the way it comes out sometimes, right? Oh, I guess I'm the only one, so I guess I'll move on. Verse 4, but when Jesus heard it, he said, this sickness is not unto death. Here's going to be a clue of what this is about. For the glory of God but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be, what? Glorified by it. Ah, there's a clue. There's a higher purpose going here. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When therefore he heard that he was sick, he stayed then two days longer in the place where he was. Have you ever had the Lord delay an answer to your request? Oh. See, here's what I want you to see as we read this. You're going to see that he's going to respond to this, but he waits two days. Now, the reason he's waiting is, is the fact that when the, the Jews believed, the rabbis taught that if, when someone died, that the spirit stayed around the body for three days. And it was in the, after three days into the fourth day, that means it's hopeless. If the spirit's no longer around that body, and they, they cannot possibly come back to life. And Jesus is waiting uh, for that time period. And so I just want to point out that when God delays an answer to your prayer, just understand, it doesn't mean that he's indifferent to you. It doesn't mean that he doesn't care. It just means he's got a higher purpose at work. 
And so some of you right now are in a delay from prayers that you've asked the Lord. And I'm telling you, his higher purpose is going to be released. Verse 7, after this, he said to his disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just what? Now. Just what? Now, seeking to stone you. And you're going there again? Are you kidding me? We were just there. That is not a happy place. They tried to stone you. And you're going back there? But Jesus said, let us go to Judea again. This is what I want you to see here, is that the Lord is willing to go back to the place of trouble for you. Wherever that place of trouble was in your past, Jesus has said, let's go back there. And let's, he's going to go back and help. That's what we're going to find. I'm grateful the Lord is willing to go back there. Jesus answered, are there not? Now look at this answer. Look at this answer. This answer, is, this is quite an answer. There's, <laughs> you know, are we going there again? Here's Jesus' answer, verse 9. Are there not 12 hours in a day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. What does that have to do with anything they just ask? This is the clueless area. But when the Lord says something that leaves you clueless, like, don't just go, well, I don't understand, okay. That's when you want to search it out. Because he will. There are mysteries in the kingdom. There are secrets of the kingdom. And they are hidden for us, not from us. And so sometimes you have to be willing to ask the Lord to search out these mysteries. And reveal them to you. You have to meditate on the word of God. You've got to spend time and ask the Holy Spirit to give you light and revelation. This is what I think Jesus was saying to them. They're saying, we're not going to go back. We don't want to go back there because it's safe. It's not safe. Boy, I said that wrong. Try again. It's not safe back there. We don't want to go back there. And Jesus is saying, I have light I have revelation from God of what God wants to do. And if I walk in the light, that's the safest place you can walk. That's what I think he means here. And it's true for all of us. The safest place is walking in the light and revelation of what he tells you to do and go do it regardless of the circumstances. The circumstances may look unsafe. I got on an airplane years ago flying into the deepest part of Africa, and it looked unsafe. But we had a prayer meeting the night before, and the Holy Spirit gave witness to us, go. And we we went. I made sure I prayed for the tires, though. Because they were bald. It's like, oh, boy. (laughs) Okay. Verse 11, this he said, after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go that I may awaken him out of the sleep. The disciples therefore said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he will recover, and we don't have to go back. I filled that in. 
That's why they said we don't have, that's why he will fall asleep. He's recovered. That means we don't have to go back, right? Because he's just asleep. No problem. He'll wake up and he'll be fine. Now, Jesus had spoken of his death, verse 13, but they thought that he was speaking of literal sleep. Then Jesus therefore said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Not mostly dead, but all dead. Say all dead. He's all dead. Not mostly dead. All dead. And then he, Jesus says in 15, And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. That seems strange to say that. But he goes on to say, So that you may what? Believe. But let us go to him. Ah, here's a key to the higher purpose of raising Lazarus from the dead. There's a higher purpose. Jesus was always at work in his ministry to try to get people to believe. Unbelief is our enemy. The Western rational mindset is what tries to cancel out the work and revelation and ministry of the Holy Spirit. But we're talking about living in another kingdom. We're talking about seeing in another realm. We're talking about living in another place. The kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what we're talking about. Accessing that and living in that place of non-circumstantial joy and non-circumstantial peace. (laughs) All your troubles, all your cares, all all the stuff that's got you. Buried right now. All your disappointments, all your fears, all your anxieties, all the hopelessness that tries to overwhelm you. That is not a part of the kingdom. When you come into Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes in to bring revelation and light of the purpose and the plan of God, what you'll find is that God wants to set you free from all that hopelessness and all that depression and anxiety and fear. He wants you to live in another place. Non-circumstantial joy and peace. Thomas, therefore, verse 16, who is called Didymus, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die. So, whether that was out of faithfulness or whether that was out of fatalism, I don't know. But, But at any rate, he said, here we go. Would the Lord ever lead you to a place that you might die? (laughs) Years ago, the previous pastor asked me to join this staff. He asked me to join actually three times. I didn't get a release from the Lord till the third time we came in 1993. But the, uh, I think it was about the second time he asked me, I was still pastoring in Texas. I got on an airplane. Joyce and I are sitting on the airplane. I opened up my Bible and it says, for this time I've called you. And it was referring to the death of Jesus. And I went, oh no. <laughs> that meant I was going to stay in Texas and I was going to go through a death experience. And I did. I went through a church split. And the story's too long. I don't want to tell you. It's not worth telling. But I'm just saying, 
that it was a death experience. The Lord, by His Spirit, will lead you to those places where you are going to die. That's so. That's so, as you see here in just a minute, that the life of God can live in you. That's so the resurrected Christ can come and set you free from the way you think about yourself. Because you, when, you, when you're filled with shame for the stuff you've done, stuff you don't want anybody to know, the secrets that you have, when you're filled with guilt, when you're filled with, you know, if, if people knew what I've done, I mean, when you're filled with that stuff, that's not God, and that's not the kingdom. That's not the way he sees you. That's not the way he wants you to see yourself. That's not him. He wants you to die to that stuff so that Christ can live in you, and you can feel the life of Christ. And I get ahead of myself in the story, so let's go on. Verse 17, so when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Mary, Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. Martha, therefore, when she heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him, but Mary still sat in the house. Martha, therefore, said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother shall rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection. She's not thinking that Jesus could do anything about it now. Because he's long past help. But, but in the resurrection, she's saying he could rise again. Jesus said, her, said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes, there's that word believes, in me shall... Live even if he dies, and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you what? Believe this. She had a revelation of who Jesus was because she said to him, verse 27, Yes, Lord, I have believed that you are the Christ, the Son of God, even he who comes into the world. Even Satan believes that. You can have a revelation that Jesus is the Christ who's come into the world. You can have that revelation. But, but Jesus is trying to impart to her a revelation that is beyond that. She has a limit on what he can do in her thinking. There's a cap on his ability in her thinking. If you would have been here, he would not have died. She's not thinking that he, because he is here, he could live again. She's not thinking that. And so because she's not thinking that, she didn't ask him to raise her brother from the dead because she didn't think that he could do that. Is it possible that there are limitations on our thinking right now of what God is able to do? Is that possible? Oh, we know he's the Christ, the son of the living God. We know that. But he just said, I am the resurrection. What he's saying is, when he shows up, he's going to bring life. So whatever you're dealing with, when he shows up, he's not only the son of God, he's also the resurrection. He's also life right now. And when he shows up, he will bring life into the current place of trouble that you're in. Verse 
Verse 28, And when she had said this, she went away and called Mary, her sister, saying secretly, secretly, because she knows they're out to stone Jesus. She doesn't want to stir anything up. The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she arose quickly and was coming to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha met him. The Jews then, who were with her in the house and consoling her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Therefore, when Mary came where Jesus was, she saw him and she did what? Fell at his feet. Did Martha do that? It doesn't tell us that Martha do that. did that. It says that Martha said to him, but it doesn't say Martha embraced him, greeted him, welcomed him, or fell at his feet, or anything like that. I'm just pointing out, when you're praying, when you need the Lord, in your prayers, when you go before the Lord, first thing, remind him, Lord, the one you love is here. Next thing is don't come with a complaint, but come with contriteness. A broken and contrite heart he will not despise. She fell at his feet. She humbled himself. I'm just telling from experience, my personal experience, I've never gotten the Lord to respond to me when I come to him complaining. What he responds to is my humility. Lord, help me. Would you help me? I don't, and here's, here's a prayer. Write this one down. This is worth the price of admission. I don't understand, but I praise you. I don't understand, but I praise you. I don't understand, but I ask for your help. I don't understand, but I know you love me, and I ask you to help. That's what Mary did. And notice, she said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. That's exactly the same words that Martha gave. But notice, the response is very different. And I would suggest that the response is different is because of the condition of her heart. Because Jesus' response here in verse 33, when Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews who came to her, With her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and was troubled. This is what I like. Jesus had a higher purpose in this story than raising a man from the dead. We've gotten a clue here. He's talking about believing in him, and he's talking about seeing the glory of God, the goodness of God. But what I like about him so much is that he, he doesn't say when we're hurting and when we're in pain, Come on, buck up. There's a higher purpose. He enters into our pain. He enters into where we're hurting. He enters into that place of what we feel. And he comes alongside us in that pain and suffering. He's, He's really good. You know, when you're really, really hurting, that's not a time, really, when you're open too much to, hey, there's a higher purpose. (laughs) He knows that, and he'll enter into your pain. 
And it says he was troubled. In the original language, that word means he was so stirred in his spirit. Uh, The message translates it anger. He was upset. What was he upset? He was upset about the works of darkness and the enemy. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And this tells us how he feels about sickness and death. He doesn't like it. He wants to do something about it. And if you're sick, if you, I mean, emotionally, physically, whatever, Jesus doesn't like it. He wants to deliver you from it. And as, as we'll see here, he, he wants to demonstrate it for others. And I have to hurry. I'm out of time. They said to him, Lord, come and see. Where have you laid him? He said. They said, Lord, come and see. And it this, and says, Jesus wept. And so the Jews were saying, Behold, how he loved him. But some of them, Could not this man have opened the eyes of him who was blind? Have kept this man from dying? This is the response of the clueless. They don't have, they don't have a clue what Jesus is up to. But they have an opinion. found that clueless people have lots of opinions. <laughs> so if you're clueless, you might want to withhold your opinion. <laughs> Verse 38, Jesus, therefore, again, being deeply moved within, that same word, came to the tomb. Now it was a cave and the stone was lying there. Jesus said, remove the stone. Martha, the sister of the deceased, said to him, here she's correcting him again. Lord, by this time there will be a stench, for he's been dead for four days. Jesus said, did I not say to you, if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Oh, yeah, I guess you did say that. Sometimes we have to be reminded by him of what he's already told us he's going to do. And what does he say he's going to do? He says, he says he's, going to, he's going to demonstrate the goodness of God. Here's the higher purpose. The first purpose is to raise a man from the dead. The next higher purpose is so that all would believe, his disciples would believe, and all those around who saw this would believe. And the highest purpose is that everyone would see that God is good. The glory of God would be revealed. So what you're going through right now, what you're experiencing right now, I can tell you there is a higher purpose. The higher purpose is that everyone would see that God is good. Some people think, if I was only worthy enough, he would heal me. If I was only worthy enough, he'd answer my prayer. I'll tell you, he'll do that because he loves you. But he'll also do it because he wants everybody else to see how good he's treating you. Because they'll say, God is good. He's a good God. This should release your heart to receive healing and freedom this morning. Because wherever Jesus is, there's life. When he shows up, there's life. And when he shows up, He will release that life to you because he loves you and he wants everybody to see how good he is. He said with a loud voice, he cried out with a loud voice, 43, uh, 43, Lazarus, come forth. 
The literal meaning of the word of the name Lazarus is the Lord has helped. He actually cried out, the Lord has helped. Come forth. You who feel like you're beyond help. It's long past help. The truth is, the life of Jesus has come to bring help. The Lord has helped come forth. And it says all those around saw and believed. Would you bow your heads in prayer? Lord, I know there are those sitting here today and they, they're like all of us, like those in this story. We have the feeling like we're long past help. It's dead. The dream is dead. The hope is gone. The faith is challenged. And we're caught in unbelief. And we're just not sure that you could help us. I thank you today as the word has been delivered. That right now faith is arising in our hearts. First that you love us. Secondly. That you're good. And you'll help us. Even if it seems like we're long past help. And the word of the Lord today to you who are in that place is, The Lord has helped. Come forth. The delay does not mean he has not heard. The delay is simply him working it out so that not only you are blessed, but everybody else around will believe that God is good. I cancel out those who have lost hope because of the delay where there's been a request but there's a delay I cancel that out in Jesus name and Lord I thank you we are a people we're not coming we're not coming with a complaint to you today about our circumstance and our place we're coming broken and humble and we're asking Lord would you help us can you say that if you're in that place right now If you're in that place, would you just say, Lord, would you help me? Would you help me? As you say that, I speak life to you in Jesus' name. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And he is here. He's been here all morning. And he's here now for you to release his life into your spirit and to your soul, even into your body. And I want to close this way. I know the Lord, when he gave me those testimonies of three healings, I knew he wanted to heal. So heal bodies. If you need healing in your body, would you just stand right where you are? Okay. You know how we do it around here. If you're close by, will you touch their shoulder? Put your hand on their shoulder. And release the life of God in them. Release the life of Jesus in them. He is here. Just release his life. Because his life is greater than the power of sickness. His life is greater. 
His power is greater. He wants to show his goodness to you this morning by healing you. So we release the life of Jesus, the very life of Jesus, into your body. As you're praying for them, release the life of Jesus into their body. Jesus, we release your life into their body right now. Healing. Now speak to their body and tell their body to be whole in Jesus' name. And anything that's not of the Lord, we just command it to leave. Any spiritual dynamics that are going on, we bind it, send it away. And we release the life of Jesus and healing in Jesus' name. Wow, I sense his presence. Sense his presence. Just thank him for his presence. Just thank him for his presence. Thank him for what he's doing. Just thank him for what he's doing. Praise the Lord. You're good, Lord. You're good, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you've heard us. You love us. You've heard us. Thank you, Lord. And what you've deposited in our spirits today by the word of God, that it would it would remain in us and we would remain in you. It would not be taken from us, but it would be ours in Christ Jesus. Freedom, freedom in Christ. Love, acceptance, blessing, favor, health, prosperity, healing. Thank you, Lord. That's who you are, Lord. When you come, you bring all these things because that's who you are. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. We give you praise. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for praying with me. Thank you for praying.